Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. And enough is definitely not enough because on the turntable this week, we've got Euphoria by Claire Richards. And Dan, we're only going to be bloody well talking to Claire herself without the dead wood around her. Uh, just, I'm joking, I'm Will joking. Will Warren, of wash I'm your joking. mouth out. I can't believe you said that. I'm and joking. I'm by track. No, we've had, we've had a lot of steps over the last few years. Uh, so we are going to be enjoying Claire and her new solo album, Euphoria, today. And Claire, she's told us all about it. She's told us all about it. I think what I love about this is, as she says herself, it's a covers album. Claire and Steps, no strangers to covers, but it's a really personable, personal, which one works best? Let's say both. Personal. 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 Covers album. The tracks have all been chosen for a reason. They're the singers that shaped the singer that she became and that she still is. But it's all bangers. Well, all apart from one, it's all bangers as well. It's just... It's euphoria, Will. Oh, Claire, she must be absolutely shattered. She has been everywhere. She's been at every uh, festival and Pride. Uh, and Steps did a one-off in Brighton, which we did forget to ask her about. Uh, oh, but, God, so much to say. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, when does she stop? And she's still talking about what else she wants to do and even teasing what the future holds, if you'll pardon the uh, shameless uh, Steps link there. Shameless. And if you are one of our lucky patrons and you are getting this episode on album release day, not only are you getting that, you're getting the deluxe version. So you're getting two extra tracks from us and from Claire. If you're listening on day of release on across all podcasting platforms, podcasting, podcasting platforms, it's not too late. It's not too late to join. Plenty on there. So I don't think, I think we should just not gab on between us any further. And should we go over to us talking to Claire? Let's do it. So Claire, welcome back to Track by Track. Uh, it's been a little while, uh, but this time, uh, rather than steps, it's all about you. Uh, mm. It's definitely the summer of Claire. <laughs> how is how has it been being back on the solo circuit? It's been really good, you know. I've actually really enjoyed it. I think um, the songs really lend themselves to kind of getting an audience really into it which has been great I think the few shows that I've done I think it's um it's gone down really well so it it all feels very good I'm very excited about it we are very excited too and also never mind what's going on with Elon Musk and X gay Twitter exploded when you announced this album I actually have to go (laughs) back into the closet and come back out again Um, (laughs) you must be thrilled with the reaction to the announcement I am. I think I, I I really thought about this album and kind of what uh, my audience might want from me. I think the, with the first album, it was just something I'd never done it before, and it was kind of the album that I'd always wanted to make. It was, and, and always, I guess what I thought I wanted to make. I think I I always just saw myself as someone that should just stand still behind the mic stand and sing lovely songs. And, you know, not get involved in any kind of up-tempo stuff. Um, but this time, I think we, 
I've toured so much with Steps over the last couple of years that I just, I really love that feeling that we get from seeing a Steps audience just get into it so much and absolutely go mad because everything's a banger. And I just kind of wanted that feeling to continue knowing that I was going to be doing a solo album. And I think the conversation that I had with my producer about what we should do and what the album should be and, 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 and where the idea came from, I think we we were having a conversation about how my voice is very different now to how it was. God, I don't think I could, don't even want to say how many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> very, very many years ago, um, and and how that it changed because of me listening to these artists and singing these songs and and kind of and, and trying to emulate the female artist that I loved growing up. And when we first heard about uh, this new album and without even hearing any tracks, as soon as we saw that you were working with Steve Anderson on this one, we knew we were going to be in for a treat uh, and that you were in very safe hands. What did it feel like getting back together in the studio with him? Amazing. I mean, Steve and I are really good friends anyway. And I think, and we've got very, very similar tastes when it comes to music and both of us love everything to be as big as it possibly can which is helpful um and and we just had a really nice time it was like you know every when on recording days we'd meet at about kind of 8 30 and we'd take my dog for a walk around the lake and then we'd come back um and we'd record for a couple of hours in my office the vocals and then we would come and we'd have a nice lunch and then we would go back in and and record more so it was just it was kind of like getting to hang out with your mate for a few days a week for and we did spread it over a few weeks we kind of did one or two days a week for a few weeks and um and just kind of it was very relaxed it there was didn't feel like there was any pressure and we both had exactly the same idea of what we wanted it to be at the end of it and I think we're both really proud of it and and really happy with how it turned out. I think um, it it does it feels special. I guess I think I know it's a covers album, but and a lot of people may turn their noses up at that. But I think the songs that we've chosen and the reasons we've chosen everything is it is very personal. And even though they're covers, it, we've made it personal by kind of going on this journey together. I guess. Yeah, definitely feels like that. Mm. And of course, we're going to go track by track through the entire thing now. So we're going to hear about some of the stories and some of the influences behind every single Mm. artist. Before we do that, I just need to check. Do you need a breather? Because for the last decade, you just have not stopped. Even over the last, since the last solo album, it's been Steps album, Steps album, tour, TV shows. You must absolutely love what you do. But do you not like a break? I mean, I think I might need one after this. Definitely, I think if you <laughs> if you include both solo albums, it will be like six albums in since 2017 or something. It's um, you know four steps albums and two of my own. So it's yeah. I just I think when you're given a second chance at something that you love, I think you know for a long time I didn't sing, I didn't do any kind of music at all really. And I and I honestly never thought that I would again. And I think that once you get back to doing what you love and people remember that's what you're here for and that's why you're there in the first place. I think people um, thought about me in different, for different reasons for a long time. Um, 
I don't know I just don't want to stop I love singing I love performing and I just as long as hopefully there's a there's a any kind of demand for it I'll be able to do it but yeah I definitely do think I'm gonna need a break <laughs> after this just I don't know whether one. I'm coming or going at the moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should probably start talking about the album proper. Uh, but I have to say, just with, with Dan, when you were just talking about uh, how busy um, you've been, Claire, I remember when The Masked uh, Singer was on and uh, uh, Dan, I don't watch it, but Dan texted me out of the blue and said, Claire, Claire Richards is knitting. And I just didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Like, knitting, knitting what? It sounds like a... <laughs> really weird dream isn't it <laughs> but it's just such a really weird dream of a show isn't it that um yeah. someone dressed up as knitting crazy right let's get stuck into the album proper and okay. uh, the first one first side one track one is euphoria first kind of came up with the track listing and, and and all the ideas of songs that we wanted to do this wasn't actually on there and it was this was kind of a even though the album is now called Euphoria and it's the first track on the album it, it wasn't it was quite a last minute addition I think um so in probably we recorded most of it in I think February and March and it was to be delivered at the beginning of May or something and I was asked to headline the um, Eurovision Village in Liverpool. And when we were coming up with the track, the set list for that, I someone said, oh, we need to do a Eurovision song. You can't, you know, can't do the Eurovision Village and not do a Eurovision song. So what should we do? And I think my manager was the one that suggested Euphoria, obviously the perfect choice. And we were discussing that and I didn't have a name, a title for the album at that point either. I think I I was on the way to do the cover shoot and the video shoot for the album. We still didn't have a title and it was driving us insane. And I, I knew that I wanted it to be one word. I knew that I wanted it to be something quite strong and, and basically explained everything. But everything that we came up with, everything that we tried, just didn't cut it it just wasn't right and we knew it wasn't right every time someone made a suggestion it's like nope nope that's not right that's not right and this conversation this whatsapp conversation between me management and steve anderson we were talking about eurovision and i was like oh actually euphoria is a really good name for a really good title for an album that kind of fits really well and straight away everyone went oh my god yes that's it that is it and then i went Oh, such a shame. We should have we should have recorded it for the album. <laughs> it was done by this point. We'd recorded everything at this point. And um, and then my manager went, call me crazy and tell me to shut up. But how 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 soon could you do a vocal? How soon could you put a track together? How soon can you kind of get we need to do it for Eurovision anyway? We need the track for Eurovision anyway. And maybe we can stick it on there. And that's kind of how that track came about really so it was a very thanks to thanks to the Eurovision Village that my god album title and the opening track for the album 
and it is a corker as well. It's fantastic, and it it all just falls. It seems to all just work, doesn't it? The yeah. the the energy, the ethos with the album as well, yeah. and of course, Lorene only went and did it again with Tattoo. Have you been have you been eyeing that track and thinking, <laughs> oh, I wonder what that might sound like? A mashup. Uh, no. If I did it, no. I think at least Euphoria is a good kind of ten years old. I, you know, I, I think um, I think I would get lynched if I tried to do <laughs> tattoo too soon. <laughs> and I'm not. We're not going to ask the, the the question that you get asked ten thousand times a year. But I would just yeah. love to know what that experience was like for you playing at the Eurovision Village this year because it just, Eurovision took over the country. I think people who didn't even used to mm. have, have respect for it or enjoy it, whatever, people went crazy mm. for Euro- Eurovision. How was it for you? And did it change what Eurovision was for you? I've kind of been a fan. I've always watched it. I've never, I'm, you know, I haven't, I've never really gotten too into it, but I watch it every year and I love the scoring and all that, you know, as well as the performances. It was incredible. I've never really seen anything like it. The crowd that was there was enormous. You couldn't even see the back of it because it was kind of all along the on the river. And it was just huge. And everybody that was there is so invested and so into it. And the fact that it was here. Um, and we really know how to do those things well, I think. It was it was so well organized. It was so the show itself was amazing. Um, we had to start with listening to it on the radio, on the car, on the way home. We didn't we didn't actually get to watch it this year. Oh. Um, I know. I think we tried to watch some of it, like a live feed on someone's phone. It was, it was very small. Not how it was intended to be enjoyed. Yeah, no, but it, it was incredible. And I think um, I consider myself to be, I'm still not even entirely sure how I ended up being like the last... I don't want to say headline act, but I don't. They're like the last act before they the actual show was on in the in the village. So I kind of I count myself for it, and it was my first show of the summer, so I got thrown right in at the deep end. What a way to kick it off! I know. We could chat Eurovision and Euphoria with you, the track for probably a whole episode, but we had better move on okay. to track two, which is "Song for the Lonely." So Song for the Lonely, again, I knew I wanted to include Cher on this album because growing up, she was she was kind of having a resurgence and a lot of her songs were, they're massive. And I don't think she's ever given, she's credited for having a great voice, but I don't think people realise just, I think because of her, her tone is quite low. So I don't think people realise just how high some of those songs are because um, it, in her tone, it just sounds like it's much lower, but I knew I wanted to include a share song and I didn't want it to be one that was too obvious. And we were, again, trying to, some of the songs that we chose for this album, I knew exactly which ones and, and I knew which ones straight away. And, and, and certain songs I knew I wanted to record. And then again, it was my, um, my manager, he suggested Song for the Lonely. I said, like, oh, I don't think I know that one. And put it on 
and thought, oh my, of course I know this. Of course I do. It's huge. It fits perfectly with the album. It's absolutely perfect. And 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 that's really where that one came from. It just it a lot of this was a bit of trial and error. We did try a few things that didn't necessarily work with my voice. Uh, that we thought would straight away and but song for the lonely was one that absolutely the minute i started singing it we knew that it was going to be a winner and what i love about this is that i'm well getting ready for today's episode and kind of looking into the tracks in a bit more detail and the history of the tracks i read that for share this is one of her all-time favorites and she can't believe that it wasn't like bigger than believe so i think really? it's amazing that yeah. you know of all the songs you're giving this one like kind of maybe bringing it to a new audience giving it a new lease of life because it, it is an amazing song it's it's a great song it's absolutely huge it's one that I, I haven't performed it yet but I hopefully will do at some point but I, I could just feel like the audience are just going to go mad when they that chorus kicks in it's absolutely and what Steve's done with it there's like this little sneaky kind of drop right at the beginning of the chorus that I think everyone's just going to go nuts for so I just I think you're right it wasn't it wasn't as big a hit as maybe expected or or it should have been it should have been a much bigger hit than it was so yeah hopefully it will bring it to a new audience now moving on to track three now no more tears uh, with a very special guest enough is enough loved for years and years and years I've I've always um I've always tried to sing it at karaoke it was always but then I'd never especially when I first did karaoke when I was a teenager no one would ever sing it with me because people either didn't know it or they didn't want to sing with me (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know whether it's an insult or a compliment and so I knew immediately that I wanted to record this. I was a huge Donna Summer fan, a massive Barbra Streisand fan. And keeping with the up-tempo theme, a lot of her songs weren't up-tempo, but this is, I mean, this is just pure disco joy. And then obviously came the question of who I was going to do it with. And I was a bit worried at first because I just thought, oh, no one's, no one's going to, still no one's going to want to sing this with me. <laughs> I know, 30 years old and still no one will sing this song with me. And we were sat in my kitchen, kind of having a planning meeting, meeting Steve and management, and we were throwing a few names around. We're like, well, who could it be? But, you know, should it be someone from the same era as me? Should it be someone older? Should it be, you know, someone obvious? And and then Steve was like, well, what about Delta? I know she's bringing out a pop record soon. And, and he asked her, she said yes. And... It kind of definitely had the problem with her voice. So it was all a bit touch and go. We didn't know whether she was going to be able to record it and whether she would be able to get it to us for the deadline. And and thankfully, she pulled it out of the bag right at the last minute. And it's great. I'm so excited. I, I reckon if Delta hadn't have been able to do it at the last minute, you might have had a couple of uh, bandmates 
chomping at the bit. <laughs> I could just imagine Ape trying to get involved in this, or maybe even Lisa. <laughs> I don't know. I think H might have been a bit too scared about how high it is. He always gets a bit stressed when he has to sing a high song. <laughs> it really is, though, like one of the all-time, the most dramatic, most incredible, most euphoric disco duets. And I yeah. think I just love what you've done with... You know, it, it's so true to the original, but it's ready for mm. 2023. You know, it, it could have been, it would have been awful if it was drastically changed. But it's, uh, yeah, it's such a, it sounds fantastic in the mix. Thank you. Yeah, I, it would have been a bit hard for me. I've sung it so like Barbra Streisand for years and years and years, just tried to copy her. But um, yeah, I think we've put a good spin on it and it sounds massive. So that's all we wanted, really. And you're Babs on this version, aren't you? Yes, I'm always Babs. babs. I was always Babs. <laughs> I've never, I've never done Donna on this. Whenever I did at karaoke, I was always Babs. So it had to be that. <laughs> and, and without wanting to kind of re say this again, because it feels like you could say this for every track, we're waxing lyrical about these classic disco songs mm. and incredible icons. But again, this, your, yours and Delta's version could be bringing it into the lives of people who've never had the joy of in dancing and just going crazy to, to a, an empowering song like this. So that's just fantastic, isn't it? I hope so. I hope so. And, and in fact, a couple of young people have never heard, <laughs> <laughs> that have now heard it have said that they, they'd never heard the original, they didn't know it, and they absolutely love it. So you're right. I think it's there's a certain time I think to bring back some of these songs and, and, and just breathe a new lease of life into them. I think sometimes that's all it needs. It doesn't, I mean, I don't think the original sounds particularly dated anyway. I think it was just, no. just so huge anyway, but Steve is a master at just kind of giving something a little new lease of life. He's, he's done it for, you know, on tour for the steps the last couple of arena tours and I think you know there was a time back in the day when we literally we must have just put the album on and performed to that you know there was no orchestration or anything when we, back in the day but Steve has just managed to make everything sound you know together and I think that's what he's done with all the all the songs on this album actually so true. We've 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 talked about Steve quite a bit on track by track before because of his uh, the the impact he's had on a lot of artists. And I think one of the things we love the most is exactly what you said is mm. the reimagining and uh, the the work he does to to do different things with classic tracks, whether it's in this sense or uh, for artists that have had big songs and then they're taking them back on tour again. Yeah. Uh, and doing something completely unexpected but that you just think oh my god this is it's brought new life into this song I love it all over again now because of what he's done to it it's yeah fantastic. absolutely he's a genius he is a genius <laughs> next up then track four this is so emotional
emotional. So obviously Whitney is a bit of a, that is a mountain to climb, mm. I think. Um, and growing up, she was just a huge influence. I think after Karen Carpenter, I would say I probably listened to Whitney Houston than anything else. Um, and obviously wanted to include her on this, but didn't want to go with the obvious. I think, I think, I mean, all Whitney songs are well known and, and kind of beloved by everybody. And I think her voice was so perfect and so effortless that I, it, with a lot of these songs, it's not me trying to outdo anybody. It's just trying me paying tribute and putting my spin on things, I guess. And I think we did actually try Love Will Save the Day first. That was that was the okay. idea. That was what we wanted to do. And when I started to, and it's it's weird because that song, when she sings it, it sounds so complicated and quite difficult to sing. And when I started singing it, there was just no pizzazz at all. It was weird. Okay, it just sounded really boring. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, no, that doesn't work. Um, and so then we thought, what do we do? Well, everything else is just so iconic and so you know I, I can't do I want to dance with somebody I think anything from the bodyguard is a little bit scary um yeah and we were going through everything and we and then I was like oh my god so emotional that's perfect it kind of fits completely and it and it fits um it fits with everything else and we tried it and it worked and it was kind of you know we've added a bit more of a choir and stuff to it and it just <laughs> the scary bit was kind of when I was told right come up with some ad libs at the end like don't copy her just do it. come up with ad libs I was like oh my god I don't know if I can do that um but yeah again I'm so I'm so happy we did it it turned out really well it goes down an absolute storm at shows um and again I think it might bring it to a new audience hopefully and you've mentioned shows a couple of times I think listening to this album getting ready for this episode i just seeing myself in that audience listening to you belt them out live is you've done basically most prides in the uk this year and <laughs> wowed audiences seen so much good stuff on instagram and twitter and everything but mm. or x or whatever but uh are you hoping to tour the album i would absolutely love to i think um we're gonna see how it goes first i think i don't want to count my chickens but I would absolutely love to I think that's this really is a live you know it lends itself to a live situation I think everything I think it would be a show that would bring a lot of joy to people so I fingers crossed I hope so but we'll see we've got everything crossed yes okay moving on now uh and this uh it's another it's another big artist it's I Surrender Cause I surrender everything to feel the chance to live again. I reach to you. I know you can feel it too. We'll make it through a thousand dreams. I still believe. I make you give them all to me. I hold you in my arms and never let go. So I've got a little bit of a history with this song. I think the first time I heard it was in Miami when I was doing a video with H. 
we went to Miami to film the DJ video and A New Day had just come out and we bought it while we were there and listened to it to death. And I loved it from the first time I heard it. Then about 10 years later, I we the reunion tour happened and we each did a solo and that was my choice of a solo and stand still do the big ballad have the big rain thing coming down behind me um and it's just always stuck with me it wasn't a single for her it wasn't um so it was never been a hit and I guess it's one that some people may not know of, of, of Celine's but I just I love it I did it on my I did um this thing called karaoke during lockdown yeah. on my Instagram where I just I kind of every week tried to sing a couple of songs in my spare room with a few casual disco balls and cherry blossoms that I had in my garage um and yeah again I just knew that when we were we came up with the concept of the album that this would be the one that I would do from from Celine's catalogue I think this will be a real surprise to a lot of people listening to this album because of like what you just said about it not necessarily being one of her more well-known tracks mm. and the fact that it's probably had one of the biggest metamorphoses into something very much for the dance floor. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you say to some people, you know, that's a Celine Dion track, they are going to be open-mouthed uh, <laughs> at kind of what you've done with it in a fanta- in the most fantastic way. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, it's not one, not one of the obvious ones. Did you ever even contemplate doing My Heart Will Go On? <laughs> um, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure it would could be made into a lovely dance track, but there are just some songs you don't touch, aren't there? You just, yeah. But it's almost, it would be like doing Believe by Cher, wouldn't it? It's almost like too, too big, too much yeah. of a sacred cow to, to go anywhere near. Yeah, exactly. I think there's some songs that you just don't you just don't try and and do. I think if you if you're going to do a cover, you either have to do it different or better. And the the better is rare, I think. I think you yeah. and and unless it's a song that kind of wasn't really a hit. You know, we've we've done that. Steps have done that in our career. We've kind of, you know, something in your eyes was a cover of of a song that no it wasn't a hit so it people didn't really know it we've had a few of those but not that I'm saying we did better the devil you know or chain reaction or tragedy better than the original <laughs> artist but I guess they were different enough I don't know they are definitely conversations we've had on episodes where we've done puzzles etc because steps better the devil you know is is my version of the track it's the one I heard first and it is uh... I hope Kylie's not listening it's my preferred version <gasps> Uh, we we didn't see eye to eye about that, but I enjoy, I really enjoy the steps version as well. But uh, well, there's think... there's somebody somebody that worked at PWL um, said that they preferred our version too. So ah, well, I'm in, I'm in good company. Yes, mm. exactly. It wasn't Pete, but <laughs> <laughs> exclusive in tomorrow's uh, heat or something there. Yeah. Right, moving on, track six. I can't, I've got so much to say about this. Summer Night City.
so someone like City, obviously, ABBA, um, have had such a massive impact on my career and Steps' career. I think, you know, we are, we've been compared to them for so many years for <laughs> in one way or another. I mean, really only because we're a mixed band, obviously. And just the way the female vo- vocals are, I don't know, there, there's something about ABBA that is unlike anybody else. And I think that could be said about Steps to a certain degree. I think there's there's no one else really like us. And there's no one else really like ABBA. So, so I wanted to include them on the album. And I think Summer Night City is quite a, I didn't know it that well until a few years ago. And and it's kind of been one that I've had in the background, knowing that at some point I'd like to do it because I think it's it's a little bit of an underestimated ABBA track, if you like, or it's one that people don't know so so much. And and, and it was an opportunity to do a duet again with somebody. And I met Andy Bell about oh my god, it's in two thousand and eleven when we did Pop Star to Opera Star. And Erasure's connection to ABBA as well. It just all fell into place mm. really nicely. I think it's, you know, we both had that relationship with ABBA during our our early careers and, and being able to do this together, it just seems to fit so perfectly and it fell into place so perfectly. that um, And I'm so pleased with how it turned out. And we've got some great mixes of it as well. Got um, a trouser enthusiast mix of it, which is unbelievable i just it's like the it's like i when i heard it i nearly fell over it's so good oh now you've said that we're going to be right right on email to ian masterson now because we've been talking to him recently so that might be uh we want to yeah we need we need to hear that now yeah (laughs) it is incredible i'm not even exaggerating it's amazing oh my god can't sleep well to be honest i was I haven't been as excited to hear a song as I was for this for so long, for all the reasons you said, the Steps connection to ABBA, the Erasure and Andy Bell connection to ABBA, but also because it is this song. Mm. And this is one of my all-time favourite ABBA songs. It's not on ABBA Gold. It's not in Mamma Mia or the sequel. But so many ABBA fans adore this song. So I was just so thrilled when it was this one of all the tracks. And yeah, you've done the most amazing job of it again with Steve. and you. <laughs> um, I thought I was to know where you were going with that. I was getting worried. Um, Can you imagine if I said, and I don't like it? <laughs> yeah. This, I did have a little bit of few reservations about this one, so I wasn't sure how it would turn out. But I think um, it does sound like the Abba Trap, but not really. It kind of, I think it has. It, I think if people heard it, it would take them a minute to realise what it was. I think, unless if they didn't know, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> It makes perfect sense. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to steal Dan's thunder here because I reckon the next question he wants to ask you is, have you seen Abba Voyage? That is my next question. <laughs> Do you know what? I haven't yet. I really want to. I'm so confused, oh though, about whether, is it called Abba, Abba Voyage? Is it Voyage? I don't, it's, it's, <laughs> I find it really confusing. <laughs> it's, it must, it's Voyage, right? But everyone voyage, calls it. Yeah. Everybody says voyage. Voyage. I like voyage. And they just oh, assume, a bit mardi dar. Yeah. yeah, voyage, darling. Um, <laughs> no, I really want to. I want to take the kids to see it as well. I think um, my daughter loves Abba, so they'll definitely want you, a photo of you from outside of it on their photo wall, where they've got all the guests that've been to see it. Hundred <laughs> percent. It might also give you some ideas for maybe steps in later in later life in later years. 
Yeah, people have asked us this a few times. I think um, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I could just do a concert and sit at home watching the telly at the same <laughs> time. Press, press play and then that's it. For yeah, top. sounds good to me. <laughs> we'll have to wait till the technology is a lot cheaper, though. <laughs> Uh, now, moving on now to the next track, and this time I know it's for real. Walk a tight from way up high, write your name across the sky. Again, Donna Summer. I wanted to, I wanted to include something from her, but I did, and not really go down the disco road. And again, the connection with PWL and Pete Waterman and and Stock Aiken and Waterman. I, 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 it's it was my chance to give a nod to that as well because that's where we came from, really. And originally, that's where we started, and that's what's given us the legacy that we've got, I guess. And the the stuff that Donna Summer did with PWL is so great. I think it's and she's such an amazing vocalist that I I just I, yeah I just wanted a, a a nod to to her and to and to PWL at the same time. So I can't, it's kind of killing two birds with one stone this song. But again, trying to make this different was quite difficult. I think the first few versions of it, Kate, and it just sounded like her version, no matter how. It, it, you know there was a lot more added into it but we're trying to make it not sound that kind of 90s pwl sound was quite mm. difficult it was a it was a bit more of a challenge and obviously steve would know more about it than me vocally i just kind of went and did my thing and 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 then and when every time he said i was like mm, still not quite right it still sounds too much like the original so um yeah he had his work cut out for him on this one but i, I think he smashed it in the end this is it's a it's a great interpretation of it because it's different to the to the to the original, but also mm. I've heard a few cover versions of this track that just go full high energy, belting it out loud, uh, which isn't and sometimes louder isn't better. Uh, sometimes it is. <laughs> no, this uh, is true. But, uh, but this is this is a great. It just feels very funky, very slick, mm. um, and a really a, a, a different interpretation of it. it again it fits so well with the rest of the album and I think it's just it's got that high energy to it but it's it's not you know kind of crazy in your face I've heard a few of those as well they're a bit mm. scary yeah that, my introduction to this song was again as with Steps and Better the Devil you know mine was when the Lungs of the North Kelly Lorena did a bit of a banger version of it in the, yes. in the noughties so that's my yeah. first my first kind of yeah in, introduction to this song so I like that this kind of yeah takes it a little bit of a step back from that high energy while staying very high energy, of course. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, track eight, wise words, never trust a stranger. <laughs>
So when one of the first concert that I ever went to see was Michael Jackson at Wembley Stadium in 1988, um, which was the Bad Tour, and Kim Wilde was the support act. And I remember seeing her perform, and she did this song on that on that show that night. Um, it was the 25th of August, actually, 1988. I don't. I remember it's wow. like birthday. Birthday. I was just about to start secondary school, and we all went to see Michael Jackson and left my dad at home on his own. <laughs> and yeah, I just it's and and then last year. Um, Steve does this 80s classical in Leeds every year and we went up to see it last year and Kim Wilde was on the bill and she did this song again and I it, it reminded me just how much banger it is and the, how much the audience love when that chorus kicks in it's just it's just one of those songs that you just can't help but sing along to and it was it was one that we had to include and what I love about this interpretation is that because I love Kim Wilde and actually from the hoop, my hoopla, I think it was last year she was there and she, mm. everyone that was with us, she, they were completely blown away by her performance. I think, yeah. I, don't, I think it was a steps day maybe. Um, so we saw Kim Wilde in steps, which was amazing. Um, but mm. she's a very different type of singer to Whitney, to Celine, much more of a kind of band pop rock singer. So I love that yeah. with this, you've, you've really been able to make, not to sound like Louis Walsh, but you've really been able to make this one your own from the original. Yeah, and I think I do. I love that kind of rock voice as well. I think there's. I, d I don't really get to do it very often. I think it's a very different sound. But there are parts of my voice that I can kind of go there. Yeah, I. I but I always just remember. I think because she had blonde hair. A lot of it with Kim Wilde, I just wanted to look like. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to have that kind of bleach blonde hair and wear a leather jacket and and be cool. Um, and I wasn't at all, especially when I was 11. So, yeah, it is, again, it's just, it's that kind of, with all of these singers, some of them are quite obvious. I think Whitney and Celine are quite obvious, those big singers. But there are, you know, people like Kim Wilde and Olivia Newton-John and, and Pat Benatar that are slightly outside of the box, but people that kind of, don't know, they influence you in a way that other people, other the other singers don't I guess maybe it's because I don't sound like them at all and this is a great example contrary to what I said on the last track this is a great example of when more is more because this is <laughs> we whenever we um whenever we do one of these episodes and we listen to an album before it's out the first thing Dan and I always say when we come back together is what was your favorite track and this was and it's this the oh, probably the only time in recent memory when this we both said it was this track really because it feels like where it is in the middle of the album it feels like you're just reaching a like real crescendo with how how euphoric this track is oh that's amazing that's really um that's really nice to hear i think a few of the, the um the younger people in management office they'd never heard this song before and when when it was when they played it in the office they were like um oh, it feels like a new song it doesn't feel like hmm. a cover I think, um, I think, yeah, it's just, again, just just make it as big as possible and I'll sing as loud as I can. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I know how to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more is always more. Okay, next track now, and it's time for a bit of Gloria. Gloria, you're always on the run.
it's just it this is one of the songs that have kind of been with me for a while as well i did it in hyde park when i supported Celine, and i again did it on karaoke i performed it on um this is so random on the great british serenity it's <laughs> <laughs> like last year or the year before um and yeah again it's just one that i knew that i wanted to include because it's just such a, a joyful song and i think one that if you know it, you know it. And if you don't, I think you're going to love it anyway. It's um, It just fits really nicely into the rest of the album and just and kind of wanting to keep that up-tempo. Um, you know, and, and obviously, I grew up in the 80s, so it's, it was a massive part of my musical influence is music from that time. And I just, I think this this is one of those ones that will always go down as one of my favourites. And this appeared on the on the Flashdance film, didn't it? But not on the soundtrack. So that's kind of that was a, a new. Fa- I, I hate to say I've never seen Flashdance, which is ridiculous because I'm sure I'd love it. But um, shaking head for Will there. Um, <laughs> but I imagine for a lot of people, it's linked to that iconic film and, and of course iconic title track, which I think you did on Clarioke, didn't you? Was Flashdance ever in the running for the album, or was that you know too big um, to take on? Do you know what it- it might have been. I think again, it's a it's one of the really obvious ones that I think you know the the original is so great. I don't, that it was my um. This is why I did it on karaoke. It was my up tempo karaoke song when I did karaoke competitions when I was a kid. <laughs> I always used to just sing ballads, but some of them used to make you do an up tempo, and flash dance was the only one that I kind of knew. So I don't know. Maybe if there's a part two, we'll have to stick it on there. <sighs> That's a lot of people are going to be excited about that comment. That's going to be on the forums. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, then track ten. Never knew love like this before. And again, it's very different to everything else on the album. But I just, it's um, years and years and years ago, I was in another group. Then we got dropped by our record label. And me and the girls in that band, or one of the girls, and we got somebody else, we tried to continue for a while. And we, you know, we, we kind of did a lot of auditions and kind of random things. And one of those things was, take that's md and he was our md on um the reunion tour in 2012 we went to go and do some demos at his house and this was one of the ones we did and i we kind of sang it we demoed it it was lovely and i always always remember it and i always loved it it was always just one of those songs that i think you know it but you don't necessarily know who sang it and i think whenever it comes on it just makes me i just love it and i love singing it and again, I think Steve's just done a great job in kind of bringing it up to date and, and just making it sound like a new song, I think. It's just, um, I love those kind of songs where you, you listen to them and you, you know them, but you don't really know why. And I, th- I yeah. think this is going to be one for a few people. That, yeah, that's the case for me. I, I, I wasn't too familiar with this one. 
But mm. as you said, with that disco production, it's kind of very now in terms of like what Jesse Ware's doing, what Rasheen's doing, what Kylie did with the last album. It's kind of, for me, that's this one's got that kind of flavour. Um, so like, yeah, very disco for now. And I guess Stephanie Mills, alongside the likes of Cher, Celine Dion, Donna Summer, will probably be the person that a lot of people haven't heard of from um, mm. from all of the artists you're covering on this album. But like you say, they will know the track or will have, yeah. have, have be familiar with it. Again, probably even more so than anything else, will make people think this is a brand new track. So to be introducing people to a top four hit from 1980, uh, which as a deeper cut is a, a lovely thing to have kind of on the latter end of the album as well. Yeah, I think obviously everything is everything else is such massive bangers but this this one I wanted to include to kind of bring that tempo down a little bit again when we first started talking about this album and you know Steve and I are always doing stuff and talking about things and when I did this on Clarioke it was one that kind of it sparked an idea of you know that, that whole disco thing and it was it was just always one that we wanted to do and kind of, but and, and we weren't sure whether it would fit on this album, but I, I think it did turn out really well and it does fit. So I think, um, and hopefully people will listen to it and, and, and love it for what it is. Okay. Let's move on to the final track on the album. Uh, and we're finishing up with goodbye to love. What lies in the future is a mystery to us all No one can predict the will of fortune as it falls There may come a time when I will see that I've been wrong But for now this is my song And it's goodbye to love So this is the only ballad on the album which was deliberate because obviously, you know, it's not what the album is, but I couldn't, with the idea of what this album is, I couldn't not do a Carpenter's record. I couldn't leave out Karen Carpenter because she ultimately is the reason I sing full stop. I don't, I I grew up, she was the my first kind of introduction into any kind of pop music or music that wasn't musical theatre, I guess. And Carpenter's records probably wouldn't have lent themselves to being bangers. I, there's, <laughs> not, there's not really one that I can think of. Um, so the reason I chose this song, it is the, it's the first song I ever sang in front of an audience I, that wasn't my parents. I, um, when I was about 11 or 12, I, um, we had to do a music exam. And anybody that couldn't play an instrument had to sing, whether you could sing or not. And I had become obsessed with the Carpenters. I'd been to Chapel Music in Bond Street and bought my little book of easy Carpenters sheet music and thought, oh, I'll I'll do that. I'm going to sing Goodbye to Love for my music exam. And I did. And then a few days after I did, my music teacher stopped me in the corridor and said you know you can actually really sing and I want you to do it in assembly next week (laughs) and I was such a goody two-shoes I was so scared to say no that I just went okay (laughs) I've never sung in front of an audience in my life and so I did it and 
And then he used to kind of make me do it every now and again. He would say, right, I need you to sing an assembly next week. Or right, with the orchestra is going to this junior school, you're coming with us to, and sing. So I used to sing Goodbye to Love and The Greatest Love of All. And so, yeah, that's why this is special to me, this song. And that's why I wanted to include it. And, and the way it kind of ends into that kind of little echo off into the distance, that's that's just, I imagined that's exactly how I wanted the whole album to end. So you just kind of go, oh my God, this is great. Dance, dance, sing, sing, sing. And then you just listen to that and you have a little cry, maybe, if you feel like it. And, yeah, and then it's done. Yeah. It's a lovely. It's a lovely way to end the album with with a a a, a, a quieter moment, and but also based on what you've just said, it feels really right because of what it means to you and the memories yeah. it has. That that's where you kind of go out on this album. Because I was going to ask, was it intentional to have it as the last track on the album? But yes, it is. Is yes. the answer uh, <laughs> yeah. and a good choice, <laughs> I guess. Also because it is a ballad it would be hard to it would be a bit disjointed to put it right in the middle of Xanadu and Never Trust a Stranger <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly out. it wouldn't and I think I just because you know the idea of the album was me celebrating these female vocalists that I grew up loving and tried to copy and emulate for so long that it would have been weird if I'd have left off Karen Carpenter there's no way I could have not done or a carpenter's record on here so it was kind of the only way I could make it fit and it is different you know the original goodbye to love has got a big old guitar like rock guitar solo in the middle of it it is a bit it's not as slow as this so this is we've kind of we've turned it on its head a little bit and made this one the complete opposite by making it a proper orchestrated ballad that's you know that I could really get my teeth into as well it's um it's very breathy. There's a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I haven't sung it since I was a kid either. So it was really nice to revisit it. And the first, when I played it to my husband, I kind of said, put these in, listen to it. And he's, you know, he was in the music industry. He was, he's been around music for a long, long time. And it, when I played it to him, he doesn't ever get emotional about anything I play him. And I, he, there was a little tear in his eye. He got very wow. emotional about it. So I feel, I feel quite proud of this one. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank, and thank you for going track by track through the album with us today. And congratulations. I think at a time, times right now, people just need joy. And this album is, it says it on the tin, it's euphoria. So many people are going to love this. So thank you. And yeah, again, congratulations. Thank you. Hope so. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so scary. And we hope to see you on tour. Yes. And we look forward to uh, Euphoria Part Two next year as well. That's confirmed. <laughs> okay, I'll put it in my diary. <laughs> and then give Can a I have a week off first? Though? <laughs> Euphoria Fifty. <laughs> well, well, we, we certainly, certainly had a giggle catching up with our old mate Claire about Euphoria and 13, 11 if you're not on Patreon, tracks on the album. <laughs> and I have to say, I wasn't expecting so much from Claire about kind of the the stories of 
you know, becoming fans of these artists, but particularly the the chat about the production and what Steve brought to the songs and things like that. I mean, hands up, we had to go over time for this, and Claire was very happy to as well. But we went way over our time with her because there was just so much to say. Dan, hands up again. We always go over time on there when we're chatting to artists, normally because you just can't stop gushing over them. And there was a bit of that, and it is still in the episode, but not too much. <laughs> but thank you so much, uh, Claire, for joining us to talk about Euphoria. We've been loving the album. We've been dancing separately uh, because we're... Social distancing? Not social... <laughs> no, we don't do that anymore because we're in different <laughs> cities, obviously. Uh, but I can't wait, Dan, for us to get together and dance together. Oh. Not, not in a not in a non-body contact way. Oh, I thought you meant grinding at the end of the night. You not mean that? No. A little smooch to um, goodbye to love. No. That would be goodbye to our friendship, I think that would be. No, we'll be, ju- we'll be jumping up and down like pogo sticks to never trust a stranger, more likely. Oh. There, there will be live dates, I have no doubt, because this album's going to do incredibly... Do let us know what you think to the album and to Claire Richards and to Steve Anderson and Trouser Enthusiasts, of course, at Track by Track UK. Or if you're listening on Patreon, in the comments on the post. So thank you for listening. And until next time, I've been Lorene Dorlin. Uh, and I've never trusted a stranger, honestly. I swear mm. to God. I swear to God, I've never trusted you. a stranger. I don't believe you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>